Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Rifleman Radio Show. The Rifleman Radio Show is brought to you by the Appleseed Project, which is the sole project of the Revolutionary War Veterans Association. The Revolutionary War Veterans Association is dedicated to bringing you the absolute best fundamentals of rifle marksmanship program in the United States today. And at the same time, they're going to talk to you about what it means to be an American, about the Americans who stood together on April 19, 1775, in order to help bring this nation into being. The events that occurred on that day, how and why they came about. And then we'll also talk to you about what it means to be an American. Uh, being an American is not a free ride. A lot of folks consider it to be so today. 
but it's not a free ride. There's a responsibility for each and every American in this nation to shoulder the responsibility of ensuring that the freedoms, the rights that we have, the rights that we enjoy by virtue of living in this nation do not perish, do not uh, drift away. And this is something that can't be delegated. This is something that has to be done by each and every single person uh, who wants to call themselves an American. You can't uh, delegate this away. You can't get somebody else to do it. You have to be responsible yourself for safeguarding those freedoms and liberties. <clears throat> All right, we've got a uh, a great show for you tonight. Uh, we've got uh, the first hour, we'll have Stuart Rhodes from Oath Keepers on the show. Uh, Stuart was originally scheduled to come on on uh, August 25th. And uh, and we haven't really decided whether he'll come back then or not or if he's going to schedule for a later date. But I told him uh, he asked if he could come on tonight, and I said that would be great as long as he uh, agreed to come back on uh, at another time so that we could put a little bit more word out about it. <clears throat> and uh, that will be the first hour of the show. The second hour of the show, uh, we'd like to continue what we started at the end of the show last week, and that is the after-action report. From the Alaskan cruise, that's uh, going to be Bob 210 from California calling in. Bob set up the Alaska shoot. And then uh, the instructors and uh, the rest of the folks that helped set the event up and help uh, run the event, the folks that went, and then any of the folks who attended, we're hoping that they will all call in tonight. If you uh, if you have the ear of any of the folks, if you would... Uh, get a message to them and ask them to please call in for the second hour of the show, then I sure appreciate that because we'd like to hear from everybody. Well, last week we heard from uh, Mooseneck, I believe, who was the one of the attendees of the, apple, the uh, Alaskan apple seed, and uh, I asked him to call back in tonight, so I hope that he'll do that. <clears throat> so for the first half, uh, we'll have Stuart Rhodes, We'll be talking about uh, the Oath Keepers organization, what they'll be doing and what they've been doing, what they have planned in the future, and then uh, hopefully some way that that we can work with each other on spreading the apple seed message. You know, I've told you guys many times before that we want to try and make as many alliances uh, as we can and and use those alliances to help us fulfill our mission. And uh, I think this is going to be one of the ways that we can do that. And uh, I want to thank everybody who is uh, who's in the chat room tonight. As always, we've got a great number of folks, members and instructors, uh, that, uh, that participate in the online live chat uh, each week and help to answer questions there. And if you have questions, uh, you're welcome to put them into the chat. I'll try and read that. And if you'd like to call in, you're always welcome to call in. Our number is 347-308-8790. You can call in and listen to the pre-recorded instructions and then talk to the call screener. Uh, Even if you don't want to talk on the air, go ahead and answer his questions so that so that you can tell him you don't want to talk. Because if you say you don't want to talk and 
he'll put that in the uh, in the information section of my switchboard so that I can look at it and see that you don't want to talk. <clears throat> All right, and that saves you uh, from having to uh, have me get on the phone with you and, and ask if you're there or not. And you can just listen. And if you have questions, uh, you can let the call screener know what they are, and he can put them in there too, and and uh, we can get you better taken care of. Uh, and, yes, the the intro music is from Poker Face, and, yeah, that's uh, Paul DePete's. Uh, band and they're they're a great group of guys and uh, they are uh, they're the the most famous or infamous uh, constitutionally uh, libertarian oriented uh, uh, musical group out there right now and I don't want to say libertarian because they're not libertarians they're they're their own uh, independent parties. But they're great guys, and they gave us the the right to use the their music there as the intro as a bump music. And let me remind you guys again that uh, if any of you guys have uh, music that uh, you have a rights to, or if you have if you have some spoken, if you have some poetry or something like that that you'd like to uh, uh, that we can work into the show, I'll be glad to do that. Just get in contact with me. You can uh, contact me through the forum or. Uh, through blog talk, or you can call me uh, on my telephone. Anything you want to do, and uh, let me know, and we'll uh, we'll preview it. We'll talk about it. I don't see why we can't get it on. Uh, that's any kind of uh, uh, music that you have the rights to. It can't be just something that you have a copy of that you think sounds nice, okay? Because that's what I was doing, and uh, it has to be something that uh, you have the rights to use. And if it's uh, something from somebody else, we'll need to get a uh, written uh, permission to use it. But we'll always be glad to put that on the air here. And also, let me remind you guys again that uh, that the radio show is the place where I would like for you guys to use on-air time to thank your friends and fellow apple seeders, members, etc. I'd like you to to have somebody ready each week that you'd like to call in and tell them thanks because uh, because everyone here is doing this out of the kindness of their heart, out of the, the passion that they have for ensuring that the Appleseed message gets put out to Americans. Nobody's getting paid for this. Everybody is donating uh, weeks and months of their lives for no pay to do this. So it's nice to be able to to hear somebody else say, hey, uh, thank you, sir. Thank you, uh, Brett Anderson. Uh, thank you, uh, Mark Lambert. Thank you, uh, uh, Old Reliable. Uh, and I want to thank him again, too. I want to thank Larry. Old Reliable uh, is a uh, an orange hat with the Texas team. And every single suit that I've had at Davila since he started up with the program, since he shot to uh, rifleman standards in the middle of a, uh, uh, I think it was like a 115-degree heat wave, he has returned, and he has helped me with every single aspect uh, of the shoot. And I'm telling you, everything, even on the days that uh, when, we, when we used to have a porta potty that uh, when they didn't come and, uh, and do their cleaning of it, 
and he was a guy who helped me uh, hand bale and uh, and get it ready for the event. He's a guy who helped me do the cleanup. He's a guy who's here is here every single apple seed. So Larry, thank you very very much. <clears throat> and I would also like to start getting. Uh, I've been asking for this for a couple of years now, and I, and you guys should take me up on that. And that is. <clears throat> Pick out the guys that you like, that you have, uh, uh, that do these stories that you like to hear. And it doesn't even have to be the ones that you absolutely like. It can be any of, any of them. If somebody has a good story, then let's get them to record it. And it doesn't have to be uh, a public show. I can record it at any time, and then it will be in the archives. And then if one of your guys says, hey, uh, you got a new guy or somebody else, and they're saying, how do, I, how do I tell the story? What's it supposed to sound like? How is it supposed to be? I need some help with it. Then you can send them to that address. They can pull up the show, the, uh, the story being told, the audio of it, uh, from the archives, and they can listen to it. Uh, if you want to uh, do an audio of uh, how to call the line, of uh, uh, how to clear the line, any of that, then I'm more than willing to get that uh, recorded and get into the archives for you. All right, so any of the stories that you want told, get in touch with me. We'll set up a recording of it so that you can record the uh, the person, and they can be put into the archives, and then uh, you can get the link from it. We can even make it a uh, private link if you want. I don't know why you do that, but we can do that. Uh, and uh, And then you can just have keep the the address, the link to it, and you can give that out to the people that you want to give it out to. And uh, so that's my uh, that's my spiel on that. Uh, along with uh, along with, uh, let me remind folks again: if you've got uh, the ear of a uh, of an Alaskan person, to make sure you give them a. Uh, uh, a nudge so that they'll be here for the second half of the show. Bob's going to call in then and uh, and get the ball rolling. Uh, because of the, the show coming on at 7 o'clock here and 5 o'clock out on the West Coast, I know it's hard for a lot of the West Coast uh, brothers and sisters to to catch the show then because most people are uh, are on the way home from work then or, heaven forbid, stuck in traffic on one of the freeways out there. And uh, <clears throat> so I want to give him some time to get home uh, so he could do that. All right. Uh, let's see. We've got uh, we've got one caller already on. I'm going to go ahead and take it. I don't see the information yet, but I'm going to take it. Area code 580-278. You're on the air. Oh, okay. Right. As soon as I punched that, he said, it's Chris just listening. Chris, there's nothing you want to say real quick before we go on? Nobody you want to thank? That'll teach you. <laughs> That'll teach him to to wait too long to give the information. <clears throat> well, any of the rest of you guys that uh, that would like to call in real quick, because as soon as Stuart comes up, we're going to uh, we're going to put him on the air and get him started. Any of the rest of you guys that uh, would like to call in real quick before that and tell somebody thanks, then uh, then they will much. Appreciate that. All right. Uh, while waiting for that, while waiting for somebody to call in, for Chris to call in, let me tell you that the Appleseed 
project, like I said, is the absolute best fundamentals of rifle marksmanship program in the United States today. The absolute best. We we work hard at our craft, and we have some of the absolute best cadre in the United States teaching a rock-solid program. And this isn't a program that we just uh, that we just made up out of our heads and said, hey, let's try this and let's see if this works. We're teaching a rock-solid, 400-year uh, proven method of the fundamentals of shooting. We're teaching a program that is distilled down from millions of people firing billions of rounds, and we're going to give, you, give this to you in two days, on a Saturday and Sunday, and mixed in with that, you're going to get the three strikes of the match story, which are the, the events of Lexington, the North Bridge at Concord, and along Battle Road back to Boston on April 19, 1775. Now, <clears throat> there's a lot of stuff that we're going to give you in the course of a weekend, but we've gotten really good at running the fire hose. That's what some people liken this to is, trying to take a drink of water out of a fire hose. But we've gotten really good at this. We're very seldom do we leave folks behind on it. And we cram enough information into you uh, of the fundamentals that we put you on a great path. Uh, no matter what, no matter where your shooting career is going to take you, we've got you on a great, uh, we've got you a great foundation for it to take you there. And, at the same time as we're giving you these shooting skills and techniques and the history, we're also instilling in folks a rock-solid foundation in safety, the safe handling of rifles on the firing line. <clears throat> so how do you get to one of these events? You'll go to rwva.org. That's our homepage, rwva.org. <clears throat> on the homepage, you'll see a list of tabs across the top. On the second tab from the left, it says Appleseed. You click on that, you'll get a drop-down schedule on the on the you'll get a drop-down menu rather, and on that menu you will select schedule, and that'll take you to a page with a map on it. On that page, you can either click on the state that you wish to attend an apple seed in, or in the uh, text above the map, embedded in the text, there's a link that will take you to all of the events across the nation. All right, if you click on that, it'll take you to the uh, to the complete United States schedule. Once you're on that uh, page, either of those pages, select the location where you'd like to attend an event. Then look to the right of it. There will be two hot links. All right, Both of these are important. One says information. That information link will give you the information for that specific location on that specific date, such as uh, directions on how to get there, who's hosting it, Contact information. It will possibly list uh, hotels and uh, stores, etc. Uh, any uh, laws or regulations for the area. Once you've read that and you've decided that's a location for you, and let me tell you again, once when you when you're looking at these, don't don't be a looky loo. Once you're looking at these, look at them with the intent of selecting one to attend. All right. There's no better time than now to do this. Uh, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year is granted uh, to no man. All right, it's promised, rather. We won't say it's granted, but it's not promised, all right? 
The next link says register, and that will take you to the third-party software that we use for registration, which is Eventbrite. On the Eventbrite page, <clears throat> you can register, pre-register for the event that you would like to attend. That will make sure that you have a place on the line on that date. Also, when you pre-register, there's another uh, place on the Eventbrite page for you to become a member of the Revolutionary War Veterans Association. You can get a one-year membership, I believe, for $10, for $20 still. Now, if you have your paid Appleseed ticket and your paid uh, RWVA membership ticket, and you go to an Appleseed and you don't shoot to rifleman standards and get your patch, which which is, if not, uh, if not guaranteed that you're going to shoot to rifleman standards, uh, at your first event, there are people that do. But let me tell you, this is a this is going to be a uh, a lot of information, a lot of skills and techniques. And shooting to four minutes of arc standards is not an easy thing to do. I don't care I don't care who you are. Putting uh, ten rounds into a quarter at 82 feet in 60 seconds is not an easy task. All right. So if you don't do that, if you don't get your patch, if you don't shoot to rifleman standards that weekend. You take that ticket for your paid attendance, you take your paid membership to RWVA to the shoot boss and get him to uh, affix the sticker onto it that enrolls you in the Rifleman's Opportunity Program. That means you can continue to shoot at Apple Seeds anywhere in the United States uh, at no cost until you shoot to Rifleman Standards or for one year. All right? So make sure that you do uh, both of those things. All right, and uh, let me see. Uh, you guys are actually putting in uh, some suggestions for guests. Richard, uh, yes, Sheriff Mack. Sheriff Mack is on the list. Uh, I'm not sure where we're going to fit him yet in. It won't be in August. Uh, it may be in September or October. But I'll give you a quick rundown of who we do have coming up. We've got... Uh, uh, Larry Pratt from Gun Owners of America. He will be on next week, uh, 839. Uh, he'll be discussing the individual gun owner's responsibility to become involved in preserving the rights. Uh, Stuart Rhodes was listed for next, for the weekend, or for the Thursday after on the 25th. Uh, whether he'll be there or not, I'm not sure. I know that he had a convention that he was on the way to on that date. <clears throat> We'll be having, uh, uh, there is a new movie coming out. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's called uh, The Remnants. And it is a uh, an end-of-the-world type movie, or rather not, not an end-of-the-world, but an end-of-the-current-world-as-we-know-it, uh, uh, I believe it's due to an EMP uh, attack on the United States. And what happens afterwards? I believe the uh, from from the information that I have, it looks to be like a uh, a lights out or or a one minute after story. Anyway, this is a new movie that's getting ready to be released, and uh, he's going to come on the show and talk about the new movie. Uh, we have uh, uh, another movie that's getting ready to come out, and. Uh, and I don't know the name of it yet, but it is a uh, it's a very 
uh, it's going to be a very uh, important movie. It's an independent release, and uh, it will have uh, uh, a who's who list of all the folks in it, uh, senators, congressmen, uh, Sheriff Mack is in it, and Appleseed is in the movie. We went up to Fredericksburg, and we put on an Appleseed just for the movie. So <clears throat> I don't know how much of the Appleseed will be in the uh, in the movie, since it has uh, uh, such a uh, a long list of folks, and uh, I believe that uh, I believe Charlie Daniels. I believe I talked to the director. He said that Charlie Daniels had just written the soundtrack for it, and was actually had written the I guess the title song for it too, and was getting ready to release that in Nashville. So he'll be on in a, a few weeks, and then. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, I see uh, someone uh, Unbridled Liberty You're talking about uh, Ravi Bindori From JPFO uh, I can do that I can talk to him Aaron Zellman uh, Was on the show uh, I guess about a year And a half ago And uh, And uh, He was a great guest We'll also have uh, Senator Jim Tomes From the Indiana crew He's a uh, The Indiana senator And uh, 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 The Knox Brothers will be back, and uh, let's see, I've got the list of it here, the rest of the folks, but <clears throat> uh, but we have a, a great number of guests coming up, oh, that's right, uh, Jamie Franks from Top Gun, <clears throat> he's coming on the show, and, uh, and as always, uh, I'm more than willing to... Uh, to take a look at any recommendations you guys make, all right? So you guys want somebody to come on the show? The best way to do that is not just to wait for it to happen. It's to uh, get your request to me, and uh, and I'll get that person on the air. Listen, oh, David Hackett Fisher. Dr. Fisher is going to be back on the show to discuss uh, his book, Washington's Crossing. And then I'm going to try and get him back on again a few weeks later to talk about uh, the price revolution, the wave in American economics, because I think that would be a very interesting book for him to discuss, given our current economic situations now. <clears throat> so, and yes, we have, uh, we do have the Rifleman Radio Show on iTunes. You can go to iTunes, search it out, and then you can get uh, the uh, get hooked up to iTunes, and then you'll be downloaded to your uh, to whatever device you're using. I download all the shows, the different shows that I listen to, to my computer, and then I use my computer to sync up to my iPod, and that's what I listen to during the day. I listen to uh, about a dozen different folks with a uh, all different. Messages. I listen to Jack Spierko from the Survival Podcast. He's his great one-hour show daily. He's been a guest on the show several times, and uh, each time he comes on, we learn a whole lot. And he always offers a great discount to Appleseed folks who want to join his uh, member support group. And uh, I listen to uh, 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 different types of specialized gardening. Uh, stuff like that. I see that, uh, can we get Colonel Dave Grossman? Well, that would be a good question. You know, I'm reading another one of his books right now uh, on combat. 
and uh, and it is a very very good very very good book. Uh, and I actually was thinking while I was reading it that uh, it explained a lot of the things that that I had questions about because uh, I, I mean I've always known that when you're in the middle of a uh, of a gunfight, you know you don't really hear the the gunshots. It's not like the big bangs and stuff like that. And I've been in several, so I know that to be true. But it started me thinking about one of the first gun battles that I was in was when I was a little kid. And uh, I'm not going to go into all the details, but suffice to say that uh, that it ended up with one of the shooters shooting uh, like a foot from my ear, firing off about ten rounds, a foot from my ear past me, and into another vehicle, and uh, and then after everything had died down, we went inside and we were watching this movie called, uh, I believe it was called Dangerous Planet. Isn't that the one with Robbie the robot? Anyway, I was thinking, I remember thinking then, what that while the people on the TV were talking and the people that were talking inside the house about how far away they were. And in my memory. In my memory, the memory, the perception is that they were far, far away from me. But the reality is, is that she just about pierced all my eardrums with the, the gun. But I don't remember ever hearing it fire. But I do remember now not being able to hear afterwards. So <clears throat> anyway, he's got a really great book, and I'll take that note down right now. We're trying to try to get uh, Colonel Grossman on. And like I said, any. Uh, any of the rest of your recommendations will be glad to listen to. Okay, you got it. Forbidden Planet. That's it. It wasn't a Dangerous Planet. Forbidden Planet with Robbie the Robot. Right. That's a movie we're watching. <clears throat> and uh, I actually would suggest uh, the book. He's got uh, two books that are right up the alley uh, that you could start off with. One is called On Combat, and it's a very, very good book. And and it doesn't just it's not just about on combat it's not just about being in the military and shooting it's about humans about the human response uh to combat and it has a uh, the majority of it is great for any single person not just uh, military or law enforcement the other one is on killing uh, and the same thing can be said for that and now don't misunderstand the book is not uh, like the old uh, Fairbairn Sykes commando book uh, on how to stick a double-bladed knife in someone's neck. It's about the the act itself and what the act means to humans and why it happens uh, and people's reactions to it, etc. Uh, and I was uh, and uh, being in the shooting industry and being around uh, the military and shooters, etc. I've heard bits and pieces of it for a long time. But uh it's so surprising when you listen to you listen to the the real data that has come out of the wars, you know, that that you have the folks in World War One and World War Two, you have a huge number of folks that would not even shoot their weapons at the enemy because of the 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 human conditioning uh, against it. I mean, they would. Some people would actually would fire their weapons, but not at any at anyone. But the majority 
would not fire their weapons at another person. Only about, uh, I believe it was around 15% in World War One, and uh, not much above that in World War Two. The people that would actually shoot at another human being with the intention of killing or wounding them. And uh, that was, it was really uh, eye-opening. And they found that until uh, until Vietnam, when they started using targets and altering the training, that it was very hard to get folks to uh, to cross uh, that that human uh, uh, the locking device to keep you from hurting another person and. Uh, and it also talks about the effects of what we're doing to our society now, especially with uh, with kids and movies and video games, how we are uh, disassembling their restrictions, their mental restrictions and prohibitions against harming another. So both of those are very, very interesting works, and we'll try and we'll try and get him on. We tried to get. Uh, we were trying to get uh, Marcus Luttrell, uh the author of Soul Survivor, on uh, recently. And we were actually trying to get him to come to the Texas Instructors Meeting and speak because you know he lives not too far from uh, from us here. But uh, we found out that uh, he is in great demand, and and they would like an honorarium of around $30,000 for him to come and speak. So that really wasn't uh, that wasn't in the books. And uh, while we're talking about that, I'd like to ask everyone to keep the the members of SEAL Team 6 in their prayers because uh, uh, following Marcus's uh, journeys the last week, he's been... Uh, heading to the the different locations for funerals and for uh, uh, remembrances of these uh, of the folks in SEAL Team Six and the uh, the other soldiers, the other eight soldiers that were killed uh, on the helicopter in Afghanistan. So, if you guys will remember them in your prayers, remember their family members. It's uh, it's really hard on the family members. Because uh, I've, I've been in the the military, and I can tell you that uh, that the military doesn't have a, uh, or at least while I was there, it had a really rough way of dealing with family members. I mean, somebody somebody's husband gets killed, and and they've got thirty days to get out of base housing, get all their stuff, and get out of there. And and for all intents and purposes, their world is is gone in a completely new and horrible direction. You know, the the spouse is gone and and the, the father or the mother is gone and their housing is gone, their pay is gone and and that's it. And it's just a it's a rough thing. And yes, those guys died doing what they wanted to do. I'm sure the majority of them, uh, uh, they they were completely aware of how that could that life could end up, and they did it anyway. Regardless, uh, please remember them in your thoughts and your prayers. 
All right, we're still waiting for uh, Stuart to call in. Now, he told me he was going to call in right on the dot, but uh, <clears throat> if uh, if the rest of you guys, if any of the rest of you guys, remember to, uh, if you've got somebody you want to thank, then please go ahead and call in right now. We're waiting. Well, I'll put you, if you call in, I'll put you on. And uh, so you can say your thanks to uh, the folks in your crew or to folks that have been attending the events with you that have done a great job. This is your chance to uh, to let them know, let the rest of the folks in Appleseed know, and let the uh, uh, let the the folks listening know what uh, a great job your crews are doing. Uh, I want to thank, last week I thanked Doug Tibbetts, and I'd like for you guys uh, to continue to keep him in your prayers. Doug uh, has been to all of the the Villa Appleseeds. He's always there to do all of my admin stuff, and uh, and we certainly miss him when he's not there. And uh, God bless and watch over him. He's as I told you, he's struggling. Uh, well, uh, no beating around the bush. He's dying, and he's going to die. And that's, a, that's all there is to it. Uh, Vietnam has reached uh, its long claws out, and it's dragging it back uh, into the grave. And uh, and we're going to miss him. And uh, I'm not ready for him to go. So uh, I would ask you guys to, to join with me in your prayers for him, too, and... And hope that uh, that he hammers it down again for the sixth or seventh time, and uh, and that I see him back on the line uh, next month doing the admin stuff for me, and uh, getting the folks signed in, getting the t-shirts out, and then coming down the line for a nap while we're shooting. Uh, and I want to thank Bob Two Ten. He's going to be on uh, in just a little while, but I want to thank Bob Two Ten on the California guys for the work that they've done. And uh, we're going to talk about it in this little while too, but uh, they're going to – Bob has also set up the Hawaiian shoot. And I believe Johnny Appleseed and Savage Shooter are doing that one, but he set up the first Hawaiian Appleseed, and that will be happening in just a little while. And then in September we have the Corona 210, and uh, that's where we're going to try and get uh, – 210-plus folks on the line in Corona, California. And I imagine they're going to need uh, uh, some help with promotions. Now, California has a huge crowd of instructors, so I don't know how many instructors they're going to need. Uh, but uh, but they may very well be reaching out uh, because they're also doing 100 events this year. <clears throat> so put that. Uh, look at the schedule. Put that uh, as a question mark on your schedule. And uh, and see if if you can have that uh, that time open so that you can go and help them with the Corona 210. And uh, uh, and I know everybody would like to help with the Y shoot, but <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I see uh, Justin has put on here that uh, Fred and Savage are doing it. I thought uh, Fred and Johnny, I mean uh, Savage and Johnny, were going to do it. And 
But if Fred and Savage are going to do it, then that's the way it is. And good. Then uh, Johnny will be doing one here somewhere in the United States, I imagine. Johnny Appleseed's a great guy, too. And I worked with him out in El Paso uh, for a shoot there. And I can't say enough good things about him. Extremely smart, very slick guy, great instructor. Uh, Okay. I'll tell you what I'm going to do real quick. I'm going to, uh, because, because I can't dial and... Uh, and talk at the same time. If one of you guys will call in so you can talk, then we'll do that. If not, I'm going to put some music on just for a second and call uh, Stuart Rhodes. So if you guys will, uh, if somebody will call in for just a second and talk so that I can make a phone call, then uh, then we'll get him on. I'm going to try and find out what the, what's going on with there. Oh, wait a minute. Let's see. I can call out on this new, uh, on the new phone that I have. So let me do that. I'm going to call right now. Hold on just a second. All right. So call screener, I'm calling, and the switchboard is going to transfer uh, the the uh, call into your into your province there, and then uh, once it does, once he answers and stuff, then you can fill him in, and we'll get him on. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, it's not working. chat room that that she'd like to thank M.E. and Rusty Red for the hours they spend sending out RWVA membership cards, and to Buzz for helping with the mail-in registration, and a big thanks to Tricia for doing transfers, cancellations, refunds, and answering emails. Ooh, boy. Yeah, let me second that to Tricia too, because that's certainly not a uh, a uh, that's a thankless job, and uh, usually you have to deal with uh, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of griping too while you're at it. So, <clears throat> uh, big thanks to all those folks. And if you guys want to just type it into the uh, the chat room, then I'll read it out too. All right, because uh, I'll be glad to do that. Any of you guys that uh, that want to type in a thank you, I'll be glad to read that out of the uh, right out of the chat room. <clears throat> and then anybody that wants to call in and talk, you're welcome to do that also. <clears throat> All right. 
Uh, and uh, I'm thinking that we're going to have to move uh, Stewart to another time because uh, it's getting right up against the time that we've granted to the Alaskan folks. And if any of you guys want to give uh, uh, Bob Tutin a call and see if he's ready to come on then uh, or send him a message, then that would be appreciated too. But uh, I don't want to keep waiting and then push the Alaska guys back because Stuart said he would come on another time uh, already also. So <clears throat> if, uh, if one of you guys wants to call... Bob 210 or uh, any of the rest of the Alaskan folks will be glad to start taking those calls now because uh, because that's what the show is scheduled for today. All right. Uh, now the name of the of the movie that I was talking about er- earlier was uh, Remnant, and I believe that uh, yeah, somebody I think somebody put it up there. And uh, you can Google that and see what uh, see what the what the plot is. They've got some trailers and stuff for it, and it looks like it's very well done. And uh, and then he will be on the show to speak about uh, uh, about the about the movie uh, in the next couple of weeks. We haven't uh, we haven't got a solid date for it yet, or for the second movie. And I don't know the name of that one yet either. Uh, <clears throat> But he'll be on the show in the next couple of weeks. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Uh, we'd like to make sure that uh, that you guys are looking at your books and and speaking to your ranges and going ahead and getting the events that you know are good to go with the ranges that you know are good to go getting them pushed all the way out into 212 and beyond. And I know that a lot of the ranges can't, uh, they can't give you an okay because a lot of them open the books in January for the year uh, on the range. But that doesn't stop you from getting with the range and saying, here's the the dates that we would like. Uh, so can you, can you put these, uh, can you be looking at these to give these considerations? Now, the folks that are running the DARs and the private locations and stuff like that, then they probably will have no problem with that. Make sure that you're getting those uh, getting those events locked down uh, as soon as possible so that we're not uh, waiting at the beginning of the year, we're not waiting for events to get listed, that they're already ready to go and ready to be rolled out for the 2012 schedule, especially the April 19th events. Uh, make sure that you're already working now so that you don't have to do it uh, all in one month, but you're already working now on putting together your April 19th event uh, for 2012, making sure that you've got the the ranges secured and the crews can, uh, and you've already started to talk to the crews about which ones that they want to take for the 2012 April uh, be talking about how you're going to get the word out for promotions. And remember what I said, uh, well, over the last three years on the radio show, and that is promotions is one of the most important things that we're going to be doing, all right, because 
if there are millions of folks out there that want to attend an Appleseed event, and the reason they're not is because they haven't heard of it yet. Your job is to make sure that they hear about it. And they're not going to show up on the line until that they know that that line exists. So you have to make sure that you're actively and aggressively working on a promotions program with your state or with your local group. And hopefully what we're trying to do is, is push all of the promotions, all of the the leadership, et cetera, down to the lowest uh, levels. So that if you are a person uh, living in uh, Milam County, that you are taking care of the Milam County promotions, that you are setting up the crews to come to Milam County, that you are contacting the uh, the local county newspapers. And, you know, you see this all the time in the newspapers. They're always putting out stuff saying uh, they're looking for stories. They're looking for for stuff. If you need uh if you need someone to write some copy for you, we got tons of guys who write copy for promotions. All you have to do is contact anybody in the promotions uh areas and say, Hey, I need uh, uh a page of copy to promote Appleseed in a newspaper or uh uh you know or or, or any type of uh, or a magazine or something. And they'll be glad to write it for you. We've got a bunch of great folks that are willing to do that. So make sure that the promotions are getting pushed down to the the lowest level that you can so that they're taking care of it. And then make sure that you're making alliances. Make sure that you, I'm telling you guys, this is gonna it'll make your life so much easier if you'll make alliances. If you will go to a Sons of the American Revolution, Daughters of the American Revolution meeting and just talk to them about it and say, look, this is what we're doing. Our mission and your mission is very close to the same mission. And would you help us uh, get folks to come to attend? And every case that I've heard about, the answer has been, yeah, I'll be glad to. So make sure that you're making alliances. Make alliances with uh, with other shooting organizations and try and get them to uh, uh, try and get them to help you promote the events and putting to get get your April 19th events put together as soon as possible make sure that you've got the, all the locations get the promotions ready etc and start working on it now that way uh, uh, that way you can uh, you can do it a little bit at a time instead of saying oh my gosh only 30 days left and I've got to do it all in 30 days and then it just won't get done that way. Believe me, I've seen it over and over. Uh, I see a question here in the chat that says, is there a specific email address we should send reporters or any else, anybody else to to get information? Uh, let's see. Tekris, are you still in the – yeah, Tekris is in here. Tekris, if you can answer that question, uh, then, uh, then we can get that out. Info at Appleseed. Info.org. Okay, that's a good one. Uh, and they will be able to direct you uh, or direct the folks uh, to the person they need. If you have a uh, state coordinator, you can send them to that state uh, coordinator's address. All right? <clears throat> and I'll tell you again, guys, that getting on the radio, getting the TV stations to come out and uh, – and take a look at your events and do an interview is not hard at all. They'll be glad to do it. Uh, and the most that they'll ever say is no. So 
so be sure and give that uh be sure and give that your attention. Uh okay. All right. We got I guess Stuart just called in and uh and we'll get him on the air real quick. And then we'll have the uh, Alaska guys on uh right afterwards. Uh I'll tell you what, hold on, let me let me just uh start that off real quick with the Alaska guys. Uh all right, area code area code eight oh five. You're on the air? Yeah, I think so. That would be me. Yeah, it says a Minuteman Alaska crew. Now you're talking about AS Minuteman. Okay. You're not talking about the old the old Minuteman missile program, right? No, I happen to be a 17th century reenactor and living historian. It was kind of how I got drug into the program. Ah, okay. And you're in Alaska? No, I'm actually in Southern California. I'm one of the crew that went to Alaska and taught. Ah, okay. All right. Well, it's now it's clear. All right. I'm just reading the the notes that I have here. Uh all right. Uh I tell you what we're gonna do. Can you uh can you hold on for just a few minutes or call back in in just a minute? Yeah, sure, I'll call back later. That's no problem. Okay, let me do that. I just wanna make sure that you want, that I wasn't bleeding off your long distance time. But if you'll call <laughs> back in just a few minutes. You got it, buddy. All right. Thank you. All right, uh as I told you guys earlier, Stuart Rhodes is calling into the show tonight uh, to speak to us about apple seed and oath keepers and uh, and for those of you guys that don't know, Stuart was uh he was a uh, an apple seeder before he was an oath keeper. Stuart, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Thanks a lot. Well, thank you for calling in. Uh Yeah, I talked to you several years ago. Uh, Stuart wrote the the article in SWAT magazine that uh, that we're still using as promo material, and you did a great job with that too, Stuart. Well, thank you. It was it was actually an honor and pleasure to uh, be able to help out. Well, since then, uh, you have really uh, you've really been on a whirlwind tour, and uh, and you you guys have been doing a. Uh, uh, a bang up job uh i believe in 2009 you started oath keepers right that's correct yes april official launch date was april 19 2009 um on lexington green perfect well give us a rundown uh there are a lot of folks that are listening that know exactly what oath keepers are because we've already got several folks in the chat room that were uh that were already talking about that they were members but uh if you could give us the the information on on what Oath Keepers is, what their mission is, and what being an Oath Keeper means. Well, what we are is an association of both current serving and also uh, former military, police, and emergency personnel like firefighters and first responders. And we all have the one thing in common that we swore an oath to support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And the whole point of the organization is to um, come together and reaffirm our oaths and, and remind each other of our obligations and, 
and then go out there and, and reach out to the current serving and make sure they understand the, their obligations under the Constitution and they understand the Constitution they swore oath to defend. And that's the, that's the one major prong of outreach to the current serving. But we also have an obligation, of course, as veterans. And so we talk to veterans about their responsibilities. And to focus on that, we've started a new pro, uh, project called Operation Sleeping Giant. If you can go look at it at www.operationsleepinggiant.com. And there we talk to them about their responsibilities and, and in particular, um, their duty to strengthen their communities in case we um, in case they have an economic collapse is the basic focus. Um, these are things we should be doing anyway, but we think that all, all the more now that we're facing um, future, future prospects of going down the same road as Argentina or even as bad as, as 1920s uh, Germany. So, um, And in that, we recommend one of the things we talk about is security, and one of the things we tell them to do is, is go do an apple seed shoot and make sure they know how to use their, their rifle properly. So we've uh, I do every chance I get I plug Apple Seed. You guys are doing a it's a great program and a great service to the country. Well, we certainly appreciate that. And you know I don't know if you heard her a few minutes ago, but uh, I'm constantly giving my spiel to the folks at, at Apple Seed, and I would give the same one to you. And I'm sure you guys are already aware of this and doing it. But uh, Apple Seed, Oath Keepers, all, all of these organizations together. They bear missions that are that are closely related. And individual, as individual organizations, they're still fairly small. Most of them are fairly small. And uh, they, uh, in order for us to weld ourselves into a really, uh, to an even stronger uh, organization, to get more done, to get more done faster and get it done better, uh, we're going to have to make, at Appleseed, I tell the folks, we have to make alliances. Uh, with other organizations, and uh, and in that way, uh, you know, we're constantly uh, multiplying uh, our strengths. Uh, I tell the folks to get involved with other organizations, get involved with uh, the sons and daughters of the American Revolution, get involved with Oath Keepers, get involved with all these different organizations so that you have uh, membership in organizations that have missions uh, that are closely related to the Appleseed mission, and that you can find folks uh, uh, that are like-minded and are willing to participate uh, in Appleseed. And then we can also get folks uh, to help the other organizations like uh, Oath Keepers and the SARDAR groups. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, a good example is what we're doing on August 27th. Uh, we're going down to Courtside, Arizona, and we're going in there along with Sons of Liberty Riders um, and also the, the Phoenix Tea Party, which is a really large Tea Party group, and Campaign for Liberty and a bunch of other organizations in Arizona. And we're going there in support of the 10 officers who are standing up to their chief of police and blew the whistle on him down there for uh, unconstitutional orders. And so, you know, that's just a good example of, of groups coming together and working together. They, they all retain their autonomy, they're all separate, but they come together and it's synergistic. And so the same goes for Appleseed. You know, we, we will definitely, as we, we're going to be reaching out to every veteran in the country is our goal. And I've already been out talking to the FW halls and we'll be going to Marine Corps League halls and, D, you know, um, disabled American veterans and, and you name it. And um, the whole goal is to get them to take personal responsibility for their oath as veterans. 
think a lot of veterans and get out of the military, they kind of switch off and, and go inactive, and we're trying to reactivate them and make them realize that they've got responsibilities, just like the veterans of the French and Indian War saw their duty and responsibility um, in the years leading up to the American Revolution and took personal responsibility to, to square away them, themselves and their and their communities. And so as we reach out to the veteran and try to get them to take this, this personal responsibility, uh, we'll definitely be pushing Appleseed. I mean, obviously it's elemental. Um, if you're not if you're not a rifleman, then you're not really fulfilling your duties. And so, you know, they all have to be out there, and they should be uh, you know committed committed to improving their skill. If a person has a dedication to go out there and learn to shoot and follow through on their on their own training, that uh, that carries over into everything else they do. Right, and let's let's just take a moment to uh, to fill the folks in that that aren't aware of what Oath Keepers does, uh, and I know that you gave a uh, an introduction to it, but being an Oath Keeper is not uh, everybody's always trying to cloud up uh, what Oath Keepers does, and at the right. at the very bottom the very bottom line is it's a very simple thing, and that is you're just giving an oath to to do your duty as it's provided for you in the Constitution. So nothing that you guys are asking folks to to give an oath to is anything that goes against any of the law enforcement or military oaths that they've already taken. Well, we, I mean, actually, we don't even ask them to give another oath. We just, we just say, look, keep the oath that you took in service. It's your official oath, whether they're police officer, um, military, whatever, their, whatever their, their service is or was, we just simply want them to keep that oath. We do have some ceremonies where folks get together and they reaffirm the oath they already took, uh, but all that is a saying is, "Yeah, I meant it." And you know, like for me, it's been almost 30 years. So you know, so I served as a young paratrooper, but you know, and so once in a while we come together and we'll do a ceremony and we'll just renew our oaths. And uh, and then we also give you know, people who have ever served in the military can also join as an associate member. And a lot of times we'll hold, we'll hold like like say a tea party event. I'll go give a speech at a tea party event. And I'll say, hey, anybody here who has served in the past would like to renew their oath, you know, please join in doing so. And anybody who has never taken an oath to support and defend the Constitution um, but would like to are welcome to also join in. And so then, then we'll, we'll do a, a slightly modified officer's oath um, because obviously they're not under any orders. So we just have a general oath to support and defend the Constitution. But the intent is is to renew the oath you already took a long time ago for your prior service, not that you're taking some kind of new Separate oath. Okay. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to get across to folks is that right. is that it's not uh, that being an oath keeper doesn't mean you're you're giving an oath to do something that is uh, that is against uh, any of your previous oaths or any of the uh, any other uh, uh, that would somehow place you. Uh, well, it may place you on a list, but would somehow get you into trouble <laughs> because all you're doing is. Is you're reaffirming your oath to that you had given previously as law enforcement right. or military. Yeah, and you you don't have to do that. I mean, I, I could care less if someone, you know, does a, a, a reaffirmation ceremony. All I want them to do is keep the oath they already took, you know, right. which was required by the Constitution itself. Article six mandates that every officer, at every level of government, from the president all the way down to the, the local dog catcher, must swear an oath to support and defend the Constitution. Um, but unfortunately, we know that you know most of the politicians and lawyers and judges could care less about their oath, and that's why we focus on on the military and police 
we focus on the guys that, first of all, they're the ones who will be at the tip of the spear um, if given orders to violate your rights. It's going to be them who carry, carries them out. And so the most critical when it comes right down to that. But also, from my own prior personal experience in the military, I know I know they still have honor and courage, and so, which is unlike the politicians. And our only question is whether they have the proper knowledge of what the Constitution mandates. And we saw in, in Hurricane Katrina, we saw, unfortunately, uh, both military and police following unconstitutional orders to disarm American citizens. And that's what we don't want to see happen again. And so the right. whole goal and, is just to you know, wake them up and, and make sure they understand the Constitution. Right. And the the idea behind Oath Keepers is, is not one that that you can say that, well, that's never going to happen because we have many – examples already of it already happening and we're trying to ensure that uh, Appleseed and Oath Keepers we're trying to ensure that that the Constitution is not uh, does not continue to be uh, disregarded and continues to be weakened and and we head toward a place where we may not be able to get back from that's the that's the ultimate goal. I mean, I mean, I don't look at it like I tell folks all the time. You know, Oath Keepers is not the solution. It's it's an important part of the of the puzzle. Um, while we encourage the current serving to learn the Constitution and to refuse unlawful orders, which is their obligation already anyway. You know, you know, anybody who remembers Nuremberg understands that just following orders is no defense. That's very clear uh, case law precedent in military in the military case law. Um, that you have an obligation to refuse unlawful orders and you have an independent duty to determine whether they're lawful or not. That's that's very clear. Um, The problem is, though, is that when they're used abroad, the laws of war are fine, and as long as they understand the UCMJ and the laws of war, they're good to go. But when they're deployed here at home, as they were in Katrina, that's where they run right up against the Bill of Rights and up against the American citizens as protected by by our Constitution. And so that's why it's critical that they understand, you know, Bill of Rights. Like, for example, the Second Amendment. If they don't understand why the founders put that there and they don't have it in their head that, hey, during a hurricane, when there's looting going on, when there's, when there's chaos, that's exactly what the, what the Second Amendment is for. That's when you need to have a weapon. And that's when it's, it's completely, you know, upside down and, and ass backwards to disarm people during an emergency because it's for an emergency. So, you know, so if they have that understanding, then they'll be fine. And we had an example of a, of a unit from Utah, a National Guard unit, that did stand down and refused to go along with any gun confiscation. And so that's kind of the silver lining of Katrina. And if folks go right. on our website, I believe that interview is up there still with uh, Sergeant Joshua May of the Utah National Guard. And so basically, if you want to put it in a nutshell, our goal is to create more Sergeant Mays. Because if you get enough guys like that, in the military, then it won't make a difference how corrupt or how how um, how evil or how willful the politicians might be. You know, you could have another Hitler in power, and he can't do it without them. So that's the whole point of Oath Keepers is to create more people like that. But I'll, I'll make sure that that video is up on the top of our website tonight in case folks want to go look at it. Right, and and there were examples I was just getting ready to bring that up and you did there were examples of both sides uh of the argument in Katrina yes. there were examples of folks that went way overboard and uh as far as uh, as trampling on 
the Constitution. And then there were examples of folks who said, no, I will not do this. I will not uh, go against the Constitution, and I will not uh, deprive American citizens of their constitutional rights. And once again, I want to make it clear to everybody listening that, that, that the, the Oath Keepers organization, that uh, in actuality it's no different, what they're doing is no different than, uh, than say you had all the banking people and you said, uh, okay, banking folks, I want you once again, I, I, well, you said you're not going to make them take an oath. But let's just go over this once again, banking folks. We will not steal from the people that put money in the bank. And, uh, and that's uh, about the, uh, a fairly close analogy because they're not asking any of the law enforcement or military to do anything uh, other than obey the oath that they took. Uh, That's right. And that is that is doing the right thing. That's right. I mean, I mean, this is this is the point of the oath. The founders put it there for a very good reason. You know, prior prior to that, the oath had been to the king, and even today, still, it's, it's in in the Commonwealth countries of you know England and Australia, New Zealand, and even Canada. It's still the official oath is still to to obey the the queen and her progeny. That's who the oath is to. In our country, it's to the Constitution itself as, as the highest law of the land, because in this country, you know, the people are sovereign and they delegate their, as the Declaration says, they delegate the just powers to the to the government through the Constitution. So they have no, there's no higher authority than the Constitution itself. There's no other duty. It's not a duty to protect us. You know, the, the oath is not to to uh, make sure we're secure, and of course, it's their job. But they made sure that the only oath they ever take is to support and defend the Constitution, and the officers oath is unqualified. It is simply to the Constitution. Period. The enlisted man's oath is a little bit different. It says that they will defend the Constitution and also obey the orders of the uh, Commander in Chief and the officers appointed over them, uh, pursuant to the UCMJ. But even that's qualified. The President has no authority whatsoever to give an, to give an order that's outside the Constitution, and even an enlisted man has has no duty. To, to comply with it. In fact, he has a duty to do the exact opposite. So if a president were to order someone to commit what is a war crime under the national laws of war or what's unconstitutional under our Constitution, even an enlisted man has the duty to refuse that order. Right. Right, exactly. And uh, see, Justin's asking the question, are we talking about uh, cops or military? Are you talking about uh, – you may be talking about something else in there, but – of course, what we're talking about with Stewart is it applies to both. It applies to the oath that law enforcement and the military both have taken uh, right. before, yeah, the, no. before they were commissioned as officers. Now, peace officers take usually take an oath both to the well, they do and state police officers, for example, uh, local sheriff's deputies, they take an oath to both the federal constitution and also to support and defend the constitution of their state. And so they have a dual a dual oath, and it makes perfect sense under our, our constitutional system because we have a, a dual sovereignty system where all powers not granted to the federal government are reserved to the states. So there's two spheres of, of sovereignty and uh, two two constitutions that, that the um, police officer in a state must defend. And so that means that he has to defend the limits of the Tenth Amendment as well, the constraints on the national government that are, that are, that are um, confirmed and clarified in the Bill of Rights, including the Tenth Amendment. If you guys want to find out more about this, you can go to oathkeepers.org, O-A-T-H-K-E-E-P-E-R-S dot O-R-G. That's the, uh, 
the new website. And that's fairly new, right? Well, actually, it's been around. It's been there for about a year and a half now. We started off as just a blog, but I mean, we created that website. The new one is the Operation Sleeping Giant dot com, and there's a big okay. banner to that on our OathKeepers.org website. So, and that's the that's the one that's focused on preparedness and getting getting veterans to take personal responsibility um, in their communities to strengthen their communities from the very from the very bottom up, starting with neighborhood watches. Um, food storage, making sure you know, like like a VF, my ideal would be to have all the veterans organizations out there um, start doing more than just getting together and, and having beers, you know, or, or doing or doing charity work. That's all good stuff, but I would like to see them also as, like, say, a VFW hall. It'd be great if every VFW hall in your state had a ham radio. You know, that, that's your emergency network right there, as far as Como. And if they all started storing up a big room full of rice and beans and wheat. And powdered and powdered milk. That'd be great because that way they're squared away and prepared, and and they can then they can turn and help and be leaders in their community. Because veterans, veterans have both the training and also the mindset um, that I don't have to spoon feed them or try to get them to to see the possibility of bad stuff happening. They understand what it's like to prepare for worst case scenarios and have SOPs, you know, immediate actions, drills, and all those things have been. You know, pounded in their head when they are in service, and then so they're 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 able to contemplate bad stuff happening, and able to see the wisdom of preparing for it. And so they're a pretty easy audience to to uh, get on board with getting prepared. And so that's what we're kind of focusing on them. And then they can go out and be leaders in their community because they're respected, rightfully so. And they have better than anybody else have the tools and the and the um, um, legitimacy in the, of their neighbors. So they can take a leadership position and make sure that their 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 uh, neighborhood, town, and county is squared away. Well, what do you, what events do you guys have uh, immediately upcoming? And are you guys well, going to do another uh, April nineteenth event this next year? Uh, that's that's hard to say. We'll see. Uh, I mean, right now we're really focused, like I said, on things that we think are 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 really critical in short term. And and the, and the one we're coming that's coming up right now is the courtside Arizona. Uh, march in support of the ten good police officers. When we had the we had a rally in Tucson back in May on on, actually on Memorial Day um, over the the shooting of the young Marine veteran and by a SWAT team, and with that we were pointing out the very dangerous policy of using SWAT teams to serve search warrants. How it puts veterans or any, or any trained American, frankly, at risk because if you're well trained. You're going to respond to what you perceive as a home invasion by grabbing your your gun, and and reacting. And this is this is what happened here. So we did that. So we we our, our way our way of doing things is that when someone violates their oath, we're going to call them on it. And but when they also keep their oath, as they are doing in courtside, these ten officers there are good examples of guys who keep their oath. We're going to also support them. So we we do both. We want, we want to have a good balance of. The positive stories of of uh, police and military doing the right thing, um, and and make sure we give them reinforcement and support. But then also, when someone does the wrong thing, we have to call them on it. Right, and let me say too that uh, you know at Appleseed we we have the policy of uh, active duty guard and reserve shooting free, as well as law enforcement officers shooting free. We want them to be involved in Appleseed. We want them to have the the skills and techniques in order to make sure that they hit what they shoot at. And every officer, every law enforcement officer that I know, uh, and I mean no, I don't mean that I've come into contact with, but everyone that I know is a great guy and 
and we're certainly happy to have them on the Appleseed team. But at the same time, you know, I read about the Tucson shooting, and I thought to myself, it it just it made me very very apprehensive because uh, I tell you, if if my door was busted open as I'm as I'm getting out of bed, I would be armed and heading to heading to the noise and if nobody was shouting anything, if nobody was saying anything, I I would probably start shooting and I'm sure I would be killed. So that makes me very apprehensive uh the spread of no knock uh special weapons uh entry teams. Well our, our position on that is that it's incompatible with the right to keep and bear arms. Um, because if you react as a confident, well-trained American will, you're going to, you know, you're not going to go fetal when unknown men your door. You're going to react as trained, and you're going to grab your weapon and move towards the threat. And, you know, even them yelling police is not going to cure it because there are bad guys who do home invasions who intentionally mimic the police and yell police too. Right. And so now you're, you know, you're kind of between a rock and a hard place. Dan, if you do, Dan, if you don't, if you submit to whoever these people are coming through your front door, you could be killed and your your wife and kids tortured and murdered, which happens. And if you if you don't submit and you react to the perceived threat with a gun in your hand while you're trying to figure out who it is, bad guy, good guy, you're you're going through your OODA loop of trying to figure out who that is. Um, unfortunately, if it's a SWAT team, they're going to just shoot you on sight. They see man right. with gun, they fire. And so that's the problem is it puts two trained individuals face-to-face in a very tight time frame, no dark 30, um, where you're making snap decisions. The better way to go is to not do that, to give the person inside the home time to look out the window and see the squad cars. If I hear a knock on my door and or someone, I hear someone over a loudspeaker and I look out the window and I see, it, I see police cars outside, I'm going to relax, put my gun away, and answer the door. That's how it should go in a civilized country. I shouldn't have to um, have to react to a sudden invasion of my home with my dogs being shot and my children having guns pointed in their faces while I'm trying to figure out who these guys are because I'm going to grab my weapon and, and move towards the threat, and then I'm probably going to be shot. And that's the problem. It's, it's a systemic um, likelihood that the gun owner, if they react competently, will be shot on sight if it's right. a lot. And you just, that's just, that, is, that does not respect um, either the sanctity of our homes, nor does it respect our right to keep and bear arms. It makes you uh, it's basically, basically a death warrant for any gun owner, who, gun owner who reacts in a competent manner, unless they happen to, to look out the window. But, hey, if someone's kicking down your door and busted in your house, are you really going to pull back the curtains, put your face in the window, or are you going right. to try to look out the door tactically? You know, you're not going to have time to do that. So that's the problem with that, and that's why we said this is just – it's gone way too far – it's not respectful. I don't think it's a reasonable search whatsoever. You know, a research that results in your death is, is the epitome of unreasonable. And we also saw what happened with the uh, Indiana Supreme Court with the ridiculous ruling that said that um, poli- that the uh, homeowners cannot resist even unlawful entry into their home. That they even even when when a police officer is clearly violating the Constitution and violating your rights, that you have no authors, no right to resist, and that overthrows. You know, an English common law doctrine of rights that has been around since the Magna Carta, even before, and and yet again, it's another assault on the Fourth Amendment. And so, you know, we are taking stands against things like this. Um, we caught some heat for it. 
we've had some people who didn't like it. We lost a few people who were uh, police veterans who thought that we shouldn't be criticizing the uh, Dupnik Sheriff Department down there in Tucson and that it put the wrong message across. But like I said, you know, if we're going to, to take our oath seriously, we have to call out oath breakers. I don't care if they're police. I don't care if they're military. If they're violating their right. oath, and you were, them an obligation. And you guys were not saying that uh, that the police that were doing it were bad guys. You were just saying that the... That the, we don't know that procedures. Yet. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, look, they, they, I look at it like this. I don't. I think that if I were on a SWAT team and I were given an order to go and conduct a search warrant and go into a home like that, I would I would be questioning, well, why don't we just pick him up on the, on the way home from work? Or why don't we go to his work? Like in this case here, the guy worked at a mine. They could have easily worked graveyard shift at a mine. He got off work at 7 o'clock in the morning. They could have easily right. have gone to the mine and had him paged to the office and said, "Hey, we're searching your house right now. Just sit tight." Then that'd be the that'd be the easiest way to avoid um, any kind of uh, risk to the police officers or to the homeowner. But they didn't do that. Instead, they went in like a bunch of cowboys. So I'm perfectly willing to criticize that policy of doing that as a matter of course. And I think right. I think that officers should start start questioning those orders and saying, "Hey, hold on a minute." How, even if you get a warrant from a judge, then cure the fact that the way you execute the warrant makes a difference in whether it's reasonable or not, whether it puts you and your, you and your men in, in danger and also the homeowners. I mean, they fired 71 rounds to that house. There was a little four-year-old kid hiding in a closet with his mom inside. Lucky for them, they weren't hit, but it's just pure luck. Um, right. They should have just stopped him on the way home from work. That had been the way to go. So, But, yeah, we're, we, you know, we're, we focus on the policy – but look, guys, don't blow smoke, okay? Um, if you're going to keep on um, serving warrants like that, then you need to take it very seriously and, and think about how does that square up with the Fourth Amendment, and you have, you have an obligation to do that. Right. Well, listen, I want to thank you for coming on the show tonight, and you told me earlier when we spoke that uh, you would agree to come back again uh, for a little bit longer uh, interview. Anytime. And... Uh, and you guys remember that to, to find out more, you'll go to uh, Sleeping Giant. Uh, let me see. Give me the rest of that. I've got it here. That one is, is OperationSleepingGiant.com. There's a big banner at right at the top of the Oath Keepers website, a big black banner links to it. And you can just go to OathKeepers.org and from there navigate all over the place. All right. Well, thank you very much, Stuart. Good luck uh, in uh, the work that you're doing. And I'll talk to you more between now and when you come on next time about ways that uh, maybe we can help each other, our organizations out. Absolutely. It would be my pleasure. Anything, anything you guys need from us, let me know. I'd be happy to send them. We have about about 60,000 folks on our email chain. And so if you got something really important coming up, let me know, and we'll blast it out. Oh, that'll be great. Well, we have a we have our signature shoots are on April nineteenth every year, and uh, we would sure be glad. We we would sure be uh, appreciative of some help uh, for this uh, next year for two thousand twelve April nineteenth events across the nation. You bet. Well, I did that in the past. I, I told folks, look, if you can't be with us on Lexington Green, then you should be at an Appleseed shoot. So we'll do that again. All right. Well, thank you again, Stuart. Uh, God bless you and yours, and uh, I'll we'll be talking to you again in a few weeks. 
Good to go. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. That uh, was uh, Stuart Rhodes from Oath Keepers, and uh, you can go to oathkeepers.org uh, to uh, to get to access their website. And uh, and then on the Oath Keepers site is the banner for Operation Sleeping Giant, uh, and uh, and access that for the information. And I want to thank Stuart again for for giving up some time to call in. And now I want to rush straight into uh, the Alaskan cruise. And uh, thank you guys for uh, for sharing some of your time with Stuart. Uh, Bob, welcome to the show. Hold on, my friends, to the Constitution and to the Republic for which it stands. Miracles do not cluster, and what has happened once in 6,000 years may not happen again. Hold on to the Constitution, for if the American Constitution should fail, there will be anarchy throughout the world. That's a quote that I like to share at Appleseeds from Daniel Webster. And I like to share the story about how my father was involved in the Hungarian Revolution in 1956 and how he instilled that thought into my mind that the Constitution, besides being ultimately important to the citizens of this country, is a beacon of hope for every other citizen of this planet. People go through great measures of sacrificing life to try to get here so that they can live under that Constitution. And people need to realize that that's exactly what Daniel Webster was talking about, what a miracle the Constitution actually was, and they don't cluster. In fact, the, the Constitution of the United States of America is unique on this planet. Oh, yeah. Anyways, and I, I take my hat off to... Uh, the Stuart and all that he does. In fact, I remember the first Appleseed he came to was out in Boulder City where we first ran into him. And uh, good folks, those keepers are real good folks. Happy to see him on the Yeah, he's, he's been with us uh, for quite a while. Now, Bob, uh, you've got a lot going on, and tonight what we wanted to ask you about was uh, three things specifically. That is the Alaskan shoot that you just got through with, and it was a two-part shoot. You had a two-day military shoot that uh, uh, that came right before the two-day uh, regular apple seed shoot, and then the Hawaiian shoot that's upcoming, and then the Corona 210. So if you could uh, start off with the Alaskan shoot and uh, give us the the information on that, and uh, and we've got uh, let's see, there was a caller a little bit earlier, the 805 caller, I believe, the he was the apple seed minute man on the Alaska crew. If he will call back in so we can get him back on, then uh, please do that. And uh, yeah. and any of the rest of the folks uh, that want to call in and assist uh, Bob on this, then you guys call in and we'll get you on. All right, Bob, go ahead. That was uh, Appleseed Minuteman. He's actually one of our instructors here in Southern California. He's one of the folks that went up and helped us uh, run that spectacular event up there in Chugiak, Alaska. I'll tell you, it was a it was a wonderful experience. Uh, we went to Chugiak, Alaska. We talked with the Birch, Birchwood Recreation and Shooting Park there, and a gentleman by the name of Dale Andrews who runs that rifle range, and uh, he allowed us the opportunity to come up there and share apple seed for the first time with the folks in Alaska. Chugiak is a town about, oh, I don't know, 30 miles uh, east of Anchorage. And uh, what a wonderful range, really, really beautiful. Uh, the scenery, as you can imagine, in Alaska is, is breathtaking. And uh, we saw lots of scenery, lots of beautiful things, lots of wildlife, uh, 
But above all, what was most outstanding to me is the folks that we met there. Just the greatest folks that I've ever met at an apple seed. And I know I most people say that about every apple seed they go to, but something about the Alaska folks just made them a notch above. But uh, so we talked with the folks at the range, and we set up our first apple seed for a Saturday Sunday, which was July 30 and 31. And in in talking with Dale, I mentioned to him that we like to do special things for the military, and he said, well, why don't you all come on up Thursday, Friday before the apple seed shoot and set up a free shoot for the military. And I thought that was a great idea, and they were generous enough to donate the range time for that effort, and we went ahead and promoted a, this free apple seed for the military and their families uh, for Chugiak, Alaska. And we had 17 folks come out with their families and uh, and attended there. Thursday, Friday, had a wonderful time, met some great people, uh, particularly Darren and his, his whole family, he brought out his wife, his daughter, and his two sons, and they were out there having a great time. He, he was actually our uh, our rifleman number one in Alaska, first the uh, first, uh, rifleman score that that state has seen. And he was also willing to step up and take on an orange hat, so he's one of our first uh, instructors in training in Alaska. We also had a a gentleman came out. Actually, his first apple seed was over in Las Vegas. He flew down and he, he attended his first uh, apple seed at the Clark County Shooting Center. And then he went back to Alaska and he started to put the word out, trying to figure out where we could get a range that would allow us apple seed to come out and set up an event. And that was Tom. He's raffing on the forum. Well, he also came out on Friday and uh, put the rifleman score down range and, and uh, went ahead and took his orange hat. And those were our first two riflemen and first two orange hats of, uh, of our adventure there. I'll tell you a special hats off to Josh Holloway and his uh, his wife, Britt. Uh, just great folks. Uh, Josh had been reading Fred's articles from way back. He had never been to an apple seed, but he came onto the forum, and through some PMs, I, I introduced myself, got to know him, and asked him if he'd be willing to help us get the word out about an event up in their area, and he was more than happy to do it, so I sent him flyers and posters, and he did an outstanding job getting the word out, and getting our lines filled. This event uh, sold out. We, we posted or opened up the event bride registration in June, 1st of June, and it sold out by the end of June, a full month before the actual event. And so right. I went and ahead Moose, and... Uh, Mooseneck was on uh, last week. He said that there were people waiting. There were people waiting uh, during the apple seed and, and hoping that somebody would... Uh, they could find a, get a place in the line somehow. I mean, that's... That's fantastic. Well, I called up the range, and I explained to them we'd sold out, and if they had another firing lane available, and Dale said, yeah, we have another one. We can probably get another 20 people on there. So uh, we went ahead and listed that. I think two days after it sold out, we listed 20 more spots. The first day, seven of them filled up, and by the end of the week, the 20 extra spots were sold out for a total of 60, 60 spots up there at the range on two firing lanes. So it seemed like there was a whole bunch of enthusiasm. Uh, what was also a really nice uh, added extra for this trip, uh, Britt had talked to the homeschooling group that she was involved in and had mentioned to them about Appleseed and how it's a smartsmanship program, but we also do heritage and history. And uh, the lady who runs the uh, homeschooling group up there, Kelly, she asked if there was a chance that we could possibly go by and do a history presentation on one of the nights that we were we were there. <clears throat> And so I contacted her, and we talked a little bit, and I said, absolutely, we'd be, we'd be happy to do something like that. So she went ahead and took care of all the arrangements. She got us a great venue at the Grace Brethren Church there, 
and uh, we set it up for Thursday night. She invited a bunch of folks and listed it as an event with all the folks that she knew, and we ended up with 45 people coming out Thursday night after the first day of the pre-military apple seed. We rolled up with our trusty band of instructors to Grace Brethren and, and put on a, uh, a history presentation there. I'll tell you, I have to take my hats off to the folks that came out. Uh, it's an SKS from Florida, and Lalo Pro, and Savage Shooter, and Mr. Pete, uh, Cameron, Camel Jr., uh, and also especially uh, Appleseed Minuteman. Uh, we put this history presentation on, and, and the night before we were talking it over a little bit, and I wanted to make sure that all parts of the history were presented in, in one sitting. You know, Typically we do the three strikes on Saturday and then the Dangerous Old Men on Sunday. And we tried to figure out a way to incorporate that in. So the idea was to segue out of the third strike into these specific people of the dangerous old men, and then the different speakers would come forward and present those in the first person. And so we managed to do all three strikes and the dangerous old men and Mother Batherick, Savage Shooter did. Um, and I'll tell you, I think I think it's it went over very, very well. I was really, really proud of the folks that I was there with, I'll tell you. Uh, we we finished our history presentation to a standing ovation from the room with 45 folks in it, and we lingered there, I think, another hour or so talking to the folks. Um, Kelly went ahead, and she asked that, uh, first she said, I had no idea you do living history presentation. And I said, well, yeah, I would be happy to do this anytime. And she said, well, anytime you come up here, please call me, and we want to set the same thing up. She said this time she could list it as a uh, actual homeschooling event, and uh, she said she could pack the church out. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, that would be a, a wonderful thing for our next excursion up there. By the way, our next uh, event in Chugiak, Alaska, is October 15th and 16th. So make sure you pre-register that to that one as quick as you can. Uh, the spots fill up quickly at this venue, and uh, hopefully we can fill it up and get another firing range. I'll talk to Dale if that, that happens to happen for us. And uh, then we finished off Friday for the... For the military apple we also met uh, a great family, uh, Blackthorns, uh, Jill and Abby and Reed, and um, I forget the name of her youngest. Uh, four of them came out on Thursday, and she is the ultimate story of perseverance. She uh, she had some borrowed rifles that they're all kind of having some tough time with, but uh, she persevered, she persevered, and uh, didn't quite get her score, uh, but both her and Abby and Reed were all improving greatly. And, in fact, they showed back up Sunday in the afternoon. And uh, not only did uh, did Jill become our first, I shouldn't say first rifle woman, but she was second rifle woman in Alaska. And Abby, her daughter, was the first youth rifle rifle girl <laughs> in Alaska. <laughs> and, uh, I tell you, they're, they're well on their way to being the first uh, Appleseed uh, rifleman family in that area. It was pretty impressive, the, the amount of, persistence that I saw and the amount of improvement I saw on all their parts was incredible. In fact, uh, especially Reed, Reed uh, touched my heart immensely. He uh, he brought out a, a wonderful book that he allowed me to uh, read from for part of our benediction that tells a, a great story about George Washington and a, and a miraculous part of his life before the revolution started. I'll have to post that on the forum later. And uh, <clears throat> But that went over really, really wonderful. So then we went up into uh, Saturday. And we started out Saturday morning uh, with, I believe, 49 of the 60 folks showed up. And, yeah, that was uh, the fact of the matter is we had several people waiting in line uh, just waiting for those no-shows. And they went ahead and jumped right in, and uh, we got it underway. 
so we had to split into two firing lanes, and uh, V ran the, the one, and I had the other one, uh, and split up the instructor crew, which just ran absolutely wonderfully. Uh, we uh, we ended up the weekend, or I should say the whole week, the entire event, with 12 riflemen. And of the 12 riflemen, we had seven people step up to take the uh, orange hat became my instructors in training. So it was uh, it was an incredible incredible time. Uh met some great new friends. Looking forward to getting back up there. We're, uh, seriously looking to set up a the uh instructors boot camp for later on in the winter. Hopefully we can pick up some more instructors in training from the October shoot and set up an instructor boot camp in the winter time and get them all up to speed so that for the next event which is on the books, which is the April 20 21 and 22, I believe. Uh, it's the April 19th weekend. That'll be the next event that we'll be having in Chugiak, Alaska. We haven't put out wow. a book yet. The, the 2012 calendar's not up yet, but uh, we have it booked with the range. Well, you got almost a, what, around a 20% or 25% uh, percentage of riflemen from the event? Oh, yeah, incredible shooters up in Alaska. It was amazing. Well, listen, I'm going to, while you're still on, and we're going to keep you on. We're going to keep all the Alaska guys on until they're tired of talking. If the show, uh, if we come to the end of the show, we're still going to keep on going. If you want to continue to listen, you can call in on your phones and listen, or uh, you can catch it on the in the archive. But we're just going to keep going until everybody gets talked out. But let me bring on uh, a couple of your buddies. Uh, I'm going to bring uh, Minuteman back on because I had him on, and he graciously uh, gave up some of his time to, to Stuart. But I'm going to bring him on now. Uh, Minuteman, you're back on the air? Yes, sir. Well, listen, I want to thank you uh, for doing such a great job. And I don't know if you heard, but uh, Bob was singing your praises too a minute earlier. Bob is our leader out here. He's the glue that holds us together. Hey, Bob. So I wanted to share some of the precious moments that you had in Alaska with us. There are so many, from the cadre of instructors to the, the graciousness of everyone when we showed up to help us get into town, get things set up, and then the shooters. Those human beings are the whooped cream of the whooped cream. and They're, they're the top of the can. There, there's no doubt. There's no way of saying it any other way. I'm going to bring uh, Pete, Mr. Pete, on too because uh, he's got uh, – I'm sure that he can help contribute to you guys and uh, – and uh, at the same time, I'm going to bring Mooseneck on, too. So we'll have, like, a little reunion for you guys here. Mr. <laughs> Pete and Mooseneck, welcome to the show. Hey, hey. How you doing? Hey, thank you. You guys are on with uh, Bob and Minuteman. Hey, you know, one hey of guys. Hey, uh, guys. our favorite mulatto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> up job on uh, David Lampson uh, during the history presentation during the week. It was incredible. Well, Mr. Pete, uh, I know that you were on hold, so I'm, I'm guessing that you heard Bob singing your praises, too. And let me add mine to that, because uh, you guys have my uh, complete respect uh, for being willing to give up your time and travel to Alaska, because I know that was a, a horrible uh, a horrible thing to have to do, to go to travel to Alaska and be treated like kings. <laughs> it was so... <laughs> you know, I just wanted to say something about the Alaskan people, and, and one thing that I that really impressed me was that they they are like the early colonists. They all understand 
their liberties. Uh, they deal with you know the possibility of moose attacks or bear attacks every day. They you know their their liberty and freedom is something they are very active about. Uh, that's why I think we had so many good shooters. You know, Second Amendment is very strong in their hearts too. So uh, it's it's amazing to see people that willingly take. Uh, knowing what the risks are, where they live, and the choice, the choice to live a, a rather uh, difficult but freedom-filled life out in Alaska. Well, Mooseneck, you're there still in Alaska, and you talked to your buddies uh, since the shoot. What was the consensus of the uh, Alaskans uh, about the Appleseed uh, shoot, the instructors and the event, the history, et cetera? It, it blew away all expectations. I mean, we were everybody that I talked to that I know I'm a member out at uh, the range, and everybody that I talked to afterwards, before, during, were just lit up like I've never seen them. Um, for myself, it, it it was probably the best shooting event I've ever been to. I mean, it, it, the the quality of the instructors, Bob and Minuteman and Pete, uh, y'all did. A phenomenal job. I mean, it was. I can't. I just can't sing the kudos enough. It was just an an, an absolutely amazing uh-huh. event. Uh, I was able to take my wife and my youngest daughter, and um, they had a blast. Um, and yeah. then I've I've already signed up for the one in October, so I can take my oldest daughter and uh, her best friend, and we're we're going to do it again. So maybe this time I can get that patch. <laughs> Uh, how'd you do? How did you do, Moosehead? What was your uh, high score for I the? I did okay. Uh, I've, I've got a I've got a broken neck, um, and it was from the moose. So uh, kind of, kind of ironic that y'all are bringing up the bears and the moose. But um, so I, it's a little bit tough, you know, especially in the prone position. But I mean, the, the guys were all extremely accommodating. I mean, it, it just made you feel right at home. You know, it didn't matter what level of. Uh, Marksman were, you know, everybody was just uh, tuned into it. It was great. And I learned things about a sling. You know, I've been shooting all my life. I grew up in South Louisiana and uh, have lived up here about 15 years. And I tell you what, I didn't know you can do that much with a sling. Right. Well, uh, for anybody he's referring to uh, v, he's he's referring to uh, V's sling snit. Uh, the v sling does snit? a great. Yeah, <laughs> he does a great <laughs> representation of what a sling could do. Well, I I was talking to Bob already, and I said I wanted to get V to do his sling snit for the uh, for the radio show, so that we could we would have that recorded. Uh, but you're right, Appleseed isn't a it's not a competition, and you have all levels of shooter from uh, uh, from folks who've been competing in uh, in high power for 40 years to folks that are just getting. Their rifles are taking their pocket knives and opening up their box with their rifles from Academy or Walmart or wherever and bringing them on the line, and everybody learns something. And as far as the first apple seed, I'm not sure anybody could uh, could probably get a worse score than me. I think my first one was in the 70s or 80s for my first, uh, my first AUT. Uh, now, it didn't help that my front sight uh, fell off uh, on the next AQT, but... Uh, <laughs> That's still a a good low score to start with because I had plenty of opportunities to improve from there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, what did the folks think about the uh, the history portion of it, Mooseneck? 
um, I'm a history buff, so I knew a little bit of it, but everyone was very impressed. I mean, you know, when when they were giving the presentations, everyone was riveted. There wasn't any noise or anything going on. Everyone was listening intently. I was amazed at, at you know, we had just we had a large number of kids that were there, and um, uh, there wasn't any, you know snickering or laughing or anything else like that going on. Everybody was listening intently. Uh, everybody learned something. Uh, it was it was an experience that, you know, I keep telling all my friends and colleagues and anybody that will listen, uh, I, I'm just telling them, look, you've got to sign up. You're going to hear things you've never heard before. You're going to learn things you've never learned before. So, you know, it's, it's I'm telling you, it's one of the best things I've ever done. I was just completely blown away by it. Well, as are the guys, uh, are the guys uh, that you heard, have they been talking about going to the next one? A few of them, yep. A few of them sure have. And um, kind of like me, they're going to bring other members of the family. You know, uh, there were a few people that were kind of just, you know, seeing what it was like. Um, uh, October 15th is generally um, – uh, it's kind of like up here July 15th is when the rainy season starts. <laughs> I mean, generally to the day. And October 15th is pretty much the average date where snow's on the ground to stay. And uh, so it'll be interesting. I can't wait. You know, well, I mean, between now and then, most of our activities, eight month, you know, about eight months of the year, you're looking at, you know, winter activities. Right. But between now and then, you're going to be working on your uh, dry firing and you're going to be uh, honing your skills and techniques so that uh, at the next apple seed, when you shoot to uh, uh, rifle and standards and you get your patch, you'll be ready to hold out your hand and ask for the uh, for the hat, right? I will absolutely do that, even if I don't get the patch. If there were anything Excellent. that I could do to push this forward, I'll do it. You know, I mean, I, I think this is something that um, – Especially at this time, you know, in our country, this is something I can really get behind, and I think uh, it's something that we really, really need. I mean, it really drives home, you know, when they were explaining, you know, and I, I know history, but sometimes, you know, you get clouded from what they teach you in school and whatnot. And, you know, when you, when you think about it, as they were explaining it, it truly was the ability of, of – our founding fathers and the people back then to shoot accurately and precisely that enabled them, you know, to defeat the most powerful uh, military in the world. I mean, and, right. and, you know, it, it's the same thing nowadays. I mean, up here in Alaska, you know, I think probably on average we probably sh- get to shoot more than most, most folks, um, uh, you know, just if for nothing else, you know, beef can get kind of expensive. And so, you know, you have to go put a moose in the freezer or caribou or something like that. But um, you know, it really it really drove home in me that you know this is something that I've got to make sure that my kids know so that they can spread it to their kids and and on down the line and that any other people that I can get into this, uh, I definitely want them you know to learn why we're here you know and that's pretty much it. Those guys not only were they excellent shots, they stood up when called. You know, and it was great during the presentations because, I mean, you felt like you were there. You know, I mean, it was just so well done. 
the the descriptions and uh, you know you could ju- you could literally see the scene playing out and uh, you know what those men were thinking at the time. I mean, it's just it, I'm telling you, it's 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 something that um, I wish everybody could experience. Wow. You know, I tell you, yeah. uh, Bob, that was my first. Uh, that was my first thought when I went to my first apple seed. I mean, I definitely went up there to learn how to shoot. But after going through the apple seed and, and listening to the history, I walked out of there with that same thought. Everybody I know has to come out to one of these things and listen to the history. And yes. That was always been my my main push for all of the uh, apple seed. I'll tell you, uh, Bob, just keep getting the word out, and and you know, I, I know you got that fire burning in your heart the same way I do. Uh, I'm looking at the pre-reg numbers right now for the October 15th and 16th. We've got 13 people signed up out of the 35 possible already. So let's get some more folks signed up so that I can go ahead and call Dale and beg for a second firing lane and still have a chance to get in. Excellent. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Did you, Moose Neck, did you go to the uh, the library seat? No, I did not. I Generally, by the time we got to the end of the day, I was, uh, you know, being disabled kind of. <laughs> I don't get around quite as good as I used to. So, unfortunately, no, actually, I didn't. Um, he's actually talking about Thursday ahead. night at Brethren. He's talking about the history uh, presentation at Grace Brethren. Were you there for that? No, uh, oh. no. Oh, okay. Now, you said you had four. No, I, I wasn't right, able to make that myself. You said you had 45 people, Bob? We ended up with 40, I believe that actual count was 49 of the 60 uh, uh, pre-regs that we had, you know, sold out the event. And that's that's an actual shame. I mean, like I said, it, it, we had people waiting for me to say, okay, sorry, these people haven't showed up, so you can sign up the folks that are waiting. But uh, I would sure love to see if folks are signing up for the event to actually make it out there just because there's so many other folks that want to attend. And if we have sold out events, and the folks don't show up, they're really just stealing a spot from others that may have come to the event uh, but didn't because the shoot was listed as sold out. Right, but how many people showed up That's for the true. library, Steed? Oh, we had 45 folks at the Grace Brethren for the uh, for the history presentation or the quote-unquote library seat. Well, that's got to be a record. I mean, that's got to be the, the highest attendance so far for a library seat, right? Well, like I said, it. Yeah, and I, like I said, Kelly said that she would she would pack the place out the next time we came up. I'm sure that church probably holds 200 people. Wow, wow, that's fantastic. Uh, how many of you guys? Uh, how many of the? We've got Mr. Pete, Bob, and uh, uh, the Minuteman on the line. Well, I'm going to go ahead and throw out a special thank you for the rest of the folks that uh, that that helped. Uh, teach this event, first off, uh, had a great relationship, and it was really great meeting uh, Eric out of Florida. It's an SKS, so my hat's off to him. He did an excellent job out there, and we got some great uh, new uh, cross-pollination from what the Florida crew do at, down down south there, so that was wonderful. We also had Savage Shooter that came up and did some great bonding with the women shooters up there. She did a great job. Uh, we had Lalo Pro that was up there also, and uh, he, did a, he always does a great job whenever he's at a shoot. Uh, we also had V. Uh, v is actually on an airplane right now flying to Utah for this weekend's Utah Appleseed. And uh, Mr. Pete, you know, and Appleseed Minuteman, you know, we're there. And I think that rounds out the crew, so my hat's off to you. And I know after we left, hey, 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 the, don't uh, forget the Cam. Cameron. Cameron. Cameron, don't forget Sorry, Cam. Cameron. Yeah, I'll tell you, we, 
we we rolled out of doing the history presentation at the Grace Brethren, and I I just couldn't contain myself, and I turned around to everybody that was in the suburban, and I just told them I said I have I am so proud to be associated with you folks right now for what an unbelievable job you guys did knocked it out of the park, and it was evident wow. by that we had from the folks afterwards. Um, hey, remember it, Eric's it, comment. Consider that stolen. Consider that stolen, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was uh, it was an amazing it was an amazing uh, adventure all the way through the the presentation at the uh, at the Grace Brethren Church was huge in my mind. Uh, we walked out of there I was on cloud 9 and I just, you know, every time I go to an apple seed it just instills more hope in my heart. And, uh, well, Bob, how many people stepped up for uh, uh, to uh, become IITs at the end of the event? We had a total of seven people ask for the orange hat. Okay, seven, because there's the people in the chat room were asking how many, and uh, I wanted you to we confirm total, that it was seven. Yeah, we had a total of seven. Uh, the first uh, first one was uh, Darren, uh, who was our first rifleman in Alaska, and then Raffin came in and he shot his score so he's, he's actually the state coordinator I believe on the forum for Alaska since he went to the uh, to the Vegas shoot and then uh, Josh Holloway who was just did a uh, incredible job promoting up there in the area he shot his score uh, one of the one of the two center fires that uh, shot a score up there and uh, then we also had Kay Lee who is now on our forum she actually showed up in uh, actually can, can you tell me exact period of what she showed up in her uh, rep war garb Jennifer would be about 1800s. Yeah, so she showed up in uh, in reenactment garb there, and uh, she's already shared with me a, a, a Revolutionary War story that she wants to share at the next uh, Appleseed, so that's, I'm looking forward to that. And we also had her friend Eric, who uh, shot a score, and he asked to become an instructor. And uh, we had a, who was the, oh, Chris. Chris was a very interesting story. We had a, we had a guy that come out, uh, Josh, and he's active, active military, and he was supposed to be at our Thursday, Thursday and Friday event, but he couldn't make it. So he showed up Saturday, and uh, Josh had uh, a rifle he was having trouble with. And from what I understand of the story, if I got it right, he called his buddy Chris. And Chris trains biathlon uh, athletes, shooting uh, precision 22 bolt actions. And so he had talked to Chris and told him about the problems he was having with his rifle malfunctioning, and Chris uh, agreed to bring him a rifle out to the Appleseed on Sunday. So Chris showed up there. We didn't really know who he was, but he introduced himself, and uh, he, he said he was up there bringing a rifle out to Josh, and where Josh was, we said, we don't know he's not here yet. And he said, well, he's supposed to be here. I'll just wait for him. I said, well, don't wait for him. Why don't you get on the line, and why don't you shoot some with that pretty rifle you brought up? And uh, and Chris, uh, he, I guess he was uh, 25 years Army. He's retired, but he, like I said, he does a lot of uh, marksmanship training on his, in his own right. And he was watching us. Uh, do the reviews on Sunday of all the things that we had taught on Saturday, and uh, and I I I don't forget, I forget exactly what we had just taught. And as I walked past him, he was kind of standing in the back of the crowd. He was on his cell phone, and he says, "I have just seen the most incredible uh, uh, teaching moment or or a training moment of whatever the particular thing was. I don't know if it was NPOA or if it was the steady hold factors or the sling, one of the other things." And uh, he was talking on the phone to a friend of his. He said, you got to get out here and see this thing. <laughs> but it was pretty incredible. He stuck with us uh, Sunday, and he ended up shooting a rifleman score. And uh, he, he asked for an orange hat, and he said he wants to figure out a way to co- cross-pollinate not only with uh, with the biathletes, but also 
to plug it into the military bases up there, and Josh was a big proponent of that. So we got some leads going in that direction. I'll be probably talking to Bolt Gun 71 about uh, some, some specific leads that we picked up while we were there, and hopefully we can put together an actual military apple seed like we did at uh, Fort Drum or, or White Sands or uh, there in South Carolina where we did the, the first one. Um, and have something like that up in Alaska also, because it definitely seems like folks are going to be interested in it. Well, that sounds like that sounds like a fantastic plan, and and even if that doesn't happen, uh, and I don't see any reason why it wouldn't, uh, maybe you can do another uh, Thursday and Friday prior to the regular event, uh, you know, to to keep pushing the, the military side of it, since you're going to be up there anyway. You know, if you can uh, run those two days ahead of time. But I don't know about the ability of uh, military to get off on a Thursday and Friday. So uh, probably a, a, spe- a special event for them that they are setting up is going to be the best uh, the best possibility. Yeah, well, believe me, if I'm given the opportunity to do it, I'm going to jump on that, absolutely. Uh, I'll tell you um, – I also want to thank all the folks that volunteered to uh, become in, or, or to be instructors that came up uh, or, or wanted to come up to Alaska with us. Uh, you know, obviously all of us can't go, folks, and I just I appreciate everybody that was willing to, to uh, come up and help us. I didn't get emails back to each and every one of you, but I just want to tell you thanks. It's nice to know that we have that kind of support in the program that people would be willing to, uh, you know, come across the country to, uh, to share in such a special moment. So I want to throw that out there. Also, I know we're getting close on the time here. I do want to make a couple of quick announcements. First off, we do have our special event coming up here in Southern California at the Corona uh, Range. That's at Mike Rahagi's down in Corona. And uh, we're having what we call the Corona 210. The Corona 210 is our biggest apple seed attempt here in California. We're looking to put 210 shooters on one line or more. And the, uh, the dates on that event are September 17th and 18th. We have all kinds of great sponsorships. We have the California Rifle and Pistol Association that, uh, that is uh, sponsoring us, us and helping out with some giveaways. Uh, they're also giving uh, a $500 gift certificate to be raffled off to Turner's Outdoorsman. We have uh, cowguns.com that is also uh, helping and, and promoting our program and also going to be uh, supporting us with donations for raffles. We have Turner's Outdoorsman that also is going to be uh, giving us a couple of Ruger uh, 1022s to raffle off. We are also going to have a, a CMP M1 Garand to raffle. This is going to be an incredible event. I, I don't know if folks can actually uh, visualize what a one line with 210 shooters would look like, but it would be pretty incredible. So we've got the Turner's uh, went ahead and put out an email blast this morning to about 30,000 of its email recipients. And uh, we're going to be getting the same kind of help from CRPA, which is the California Rifle Pistol Association. And we want to get the word out, folks. We want to fill this line. So everybody you know and anybody you, you think may need to learn how to shoot and, and uh, want to hear about the heritage and the history, please go to appleseedinfo.org and uh, register for the Corona 210 event, which is September 17th and 18th. All right, wow. you guys heard it. And we're going to keep on pushing the Corona 210 uh, between now and then, and everybody, check your schedules. See if you can't uh, clear up that weekend to come and help out and to shoot. So, well, listen, we've got the English lady right in our ears. Uh, anybody else have anything they'd like to get out before we uh, before we close out the show? 
Yeah, yes. just real quick, we're going to have our first ever Hawaiian apple seed uh, at Mountain View, Hawaii. It's the uh, Island Big Island Shooters uh, uh, Gun Club, and that's coming up August 20th and 21st. Uh, we still have room on the line, so if you're interested, please come on to the forum and pre-register as quick as you can. All right, listen, Don't. thank you, everybody. Thanks, Mooseneck, uh, Mr. Pete, Minuteman. Uh, thanks to my call screener and uh, everybody that called in. God bless everybody, and uh, we'll see you again this next Thursday. And I'll let you know between now and then uh, who's going to be taking that. But right now it looks like uh, Larry Pratt from Gun Owners of America will be our guest. All right, thanks, everybody, and uh, good night. Good night. Thank you, guys. Hey, thanks, Jeff. Appreciate you having us on. Thank you. Thanks, yeah, Luke Jack. Thanks, Minuteman. Thanks, Mr. Pete. Yeah, hey, Luke Thanks for giving up those closing plays. We're going to have a special barbecue probably in the Hey, Bob. Still there? Jim. Bob. Still there? When I was young, my teacher told me. That I was free, yeah. And as a child, I grew up programmed by TV. And as a teenage boy, I found out just how free is free. Took a dog from some good smoke. Wow.